0: Here's Your Red Flag is intended for mature audiences only. Please listen with care. Lisa and I created this podcast with the goal of enlightening each other and our listeners in prevailing over narcissistic and toxic people and relationships. Our mission with this podcast is to help survivors of toxic relationships recognize red flags and areas of personal growth while equipping them with strategies for ultimate and lasting mental health across all relationships. This is a podcast of self-discovery. We'll be talking about personal freedom, safety, security, and strength while embracing our inner voice, recognizing and honoring our gut instinct, accepting imperfection, showing grace to ourselves, and starting anew. Many of our episodes will include topics such as psychological, emotional, and physical abuse, and detailed narcissistic and toxic behaviors. Our podcast is for educational and self-improvement purposes only and should not be viewed as a replacement for therapy. We are not professional therapists. If you are in need of professional help, please contact the appropriate authorities and see our show notes for helpful suggestions. Some names and identities have been changed for anonymity purposes. The opinions expressed by the guests on the show are their own and do not necessarily represent Lisa's or my views. You can find additional information about this podcast in the show notes, as well as on our website, heresyourredflag.com. And we are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See our show notes for the links. If you have a red flag story you'd like to share for an upcoming episode, we would love to hear from you. You can reach us by email at heresyourredflag.com at gmail.com or private message us through Here's Your Red Flag Facebook or Instagram pages. Thanks, y'all. I flew up to
1: the mirror Well, there was nothing that i seen.
0: Welcome back to Here's Your Red Flag. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Tony. So we have been having some really crazy cold weather down here in Texas this week, and Lisa and I thought it might be neat to use our snow day today to be spontaneous and record an episode based on a conversation we had recently. We were talking about how every episode builds on each other to form this foundation for not just educating about narcissism and toxic relationships, but also in our healing and building personal strength, confidence, and mental health. So today's episode is basically a recap
1: tied with a pretty bow. Yes. Yeah, so the foundation that we're talking about is super important to have before we can move on to the next step. So this is a concrete foundation to the house. And so now we can start strengthening ourselves and moving on to the question of now what? So now... Okay, now I identify I'm in a toxic relationship or I see these people who are not healthy for me. So now what do I do? And you can't get to that now what point until you have all of what we're going to recap for you today. That's right.
0: Yeah. And we just felt like it would be a really good idea to do this recap because we know that some of the episodes are sandwiching some interviews, which are all also helping to tie together what we're trying to communicate to the audience, what we ourselves have done to educate ourselves to this point. And we just want to give this information back in one concise episode. That's the goal for today. Mm -hmm. So, in the first five episodes of our podcast, Lisa tells her story of the hardwiring in her childhood. And then she details what marriage was like to a covert narcissist who we like to call number two. So, why did we decide to tell your story before diving into the meaty topics of narcissism and toxic relationships, Lisa?
1: We decided to tell my story before diving into the meaty topics to help maybe explain how it is that ordinary people, can find themselves so wrapped up in relationships with narcissists or toxic people or unhealthy relationships, whatever you want to label them. But basically, I think we wanted to go down the rabbit hole and drill as far down as we could to figure out the root cause of my personal attraction to narcissists. And Mm. through therapy... I realized it goes all the way back to my relationship with my dad and stepdad. And so being able to unravel that a little bit was kind of peeling off some layers. And then the understanding that helped me understand why I was attracted to number two. My second husband, who was the covert narcissist. I think because it was such a a key part of my own healing to understand the why. How did I get to this point to accept this behavior was super important to me. And it was all explained in that's how I was raised. Mm -hmm. And I maybe not how I was raised, but the type of man, the type of men that my father and stepfather were, the way they treated me and the way I interacted with them in the conversations I played in my head about what I needed to do to gain love and to feel love. So for me, that's kind of where this all started. And that has all of its ties in therapy and counseling. So that work took place in counseling. But then when you started your coaching program, then that took on a whole life of its own. And mm-hmm. and so counseling, yes, was healing and I think everybody needs a good therapist, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, and so counseling helped me identify how I got to this point. And then your life coaching helped me then understand who am I? What, what are my goals? What are my values and what do I need? So it helped me define all of those things and coaching just took it to the next level. While therapy is great, counseling is great. I think everyone also needs a coach. And it was like the counseling was the antibiotic and then Mm. the coaching was the steroid, you know? Wow. Yeah. And I wouldn't be who I am today without the coaching part. Mm -hmm. And the part of getting in touch with my heart magnet, listening to my heart magnet and establishing my, my needs, goals and values. That's been the thing that has enabled me to heal and move forward and design a life for myself that's happy and peaceful. Wow. Oh, I just love that. I love how you
0: pulled all of that together. That is very visual.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think too, you know, the more listeners we have, we've just had emails and contact through our website from strangers and people we know, so many people letting us know that they can relate to my story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we started this hoping to help one person and i think we've helped several (laughs) so and so that feels really good and so well i think there are a lot of people out there who've had parents who were distant and that led them into maybe settling for relationships that didn't quite fit the bill and so yeah it's definitely relatable
0: i've heard people that come from childhoods or when uh, people that have come from parents who have not been nurturing and or have been toxic parents, that's what they're used to. There's a Mm -hmm. comfort level in that. And if you aren't in touch with your own, what attracts or repels you, Or your needs and goals and very core values. If you are not in touch with that, then of course you're going to keep repeating the same patterns of how you were raised. Yes. There is a comfort level. You know how to do that. You don't know how to do the other Mm -hmm. because you haven't lived it. Mm -hmm. And what we hope is by getting this foundation of what we've covered so far in season one and part of season two so far is that you can do this work. It's easy work. It's such fulfilling work. And you absolutely meet yourself. And you were there all along. But now you've got some healthier patterns.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yes.
0: So both in coaching and just in talking with people who are in narcissistic and toxic relationships over the past few years, I have learned that it is beneficial to lay a very specific solid foundation so that they can understand not just what narcissism is, but for them to understand and acknowledge if they are in an abusive or toxic relationship or situation. Lisa and I feel it is important to go through a specific order of steps that we have developed in the learning process as people become aware of their situation, and especially if they are choosing to change and or exit relationships with these types of people. Lisa and I feel that the order of steps for a person to go through is number one, define and educate yourself about toxic people and abuse. Number two, get in touch with your inner guidance system. Learn what attracts and repels you. That's what is called the heart magnet. Number three, do personal core values work. Number four, learn your personality type. Number five, seek therapy. Number six, map out your future based on what you have learned. And number seven, document all along the way, journaling safely. And we have number five, seek therapy just in there, but it can be done at any point. Mm-hmm. You could do it before these steps, but we definitely feel that therapy is a very important process to go through, especially if you've been in an abusive situation or find that you repeat patterns of relationships with toxic people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's something in there about you that attracts or is attracted to these sorts of people or relationships. Mm -hmm. So for today's episode, we're going to address the first four steps by reviewing what we've covered in our podcast to date. So as we said, the first step is define or identify that this person in your life is toxic, abusive, narcissistic, or unhealthy for you. This is where we say, if it walks and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Knowing the traits and features and qualities of a toxic person can better help you identify when you are in the midst of a toxic person, obviously, or maybe not so obviously, as so many of us have been conditioned to accept the behavior of these unhealthy people and accommodate and excuse them and put our own wants, needs, values, and goals aside. Included in this first step, we feel that the episodes in season one covering the buzzwords of narcissism AKA the two episodes called Nuts and Bolts of Narcissism, the Red Flags in Relationships episode, the Five Main Types of Narcissist episode, the Abuse Cycle, and why we are attracted to those types of people can help our audience gain a better foothold in their understanding of the toxicity that may be present in some of their relationships.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a question that we can ask ourselves when trying to figure out people and, (laughs) Mm. relationships is does this person make me feel good or bad you know when I'm in their presence do I feel good or bad when I'm about to enter their presence am I excited or am I hesitant Mm. and when I leave their presence do I look back and think wow that was really fun and I'm a better person for having experienced that with them or is that filled with regret and I don't want to do that again and so just listening to your own thoughts about it and listening to your body What is your body telling you? Do you have a Mm. stomach ache or do you have butterflies? You know, like there's a difference. And just starting there, like how do I feel around this person is a great place to start. And you don't really need all of the labels necessarily at first, but then the more research you do, it is helpful to have the labels. It's just helpful to know what you're dealing with. You know, you don't want to Encounter something in your garden that bites you and you think, wow, that hurt. Well, you kind of need to know it's a rattlesnake or a garden snake. You kind of need to know what kind of snake it is. So same with this. But just start there. Do I feel good or bad around this person? And if it's a good green light, then and not good, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. That's great. I love that.
0: It's like a feeling filter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I
0: really like that. That's great, Lisa. Mm -hmm. So with step two, we feel that the second step necessary for a person who wants to exit from toxic relationships is to get in touch with your core needs, wants and values. We feel that this starts with getting in touch with your inner guidance system. Our expert we interviewed in season one, episode 12, Carol Fields calls this your heart magnet, which is learning the very essence of what attracts you in life and what repels you in life. We feel that that episode called Awaken Your Heart Magnet is such a vital episode to listen to and learn about this inner guidance system that every single one of us has inside of us, that a lot of us have ignored most of our lives, possibly. Mm -hmm. Once you get in touch with this system, you will begin to see that your needs, wants, values and goals are not being actualized because you've been putting your own self on the back burner to appease the toxic person or people in your life. Mm
1: -hmm. I said this to Carol, and I do believe it's true. I feel like the heart magnet, I don't remember what order you did that with me. Do you? Was that earlier or later?
0: I know I did values with you first Mm -hmm. because I had that before I had the class with Carol. Yeah. And I feel like having done the heart magnet first would have been easier to do the values work.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Values work was life-changing. Mm. And the heart magnet was just another steroid injection, mm. <laughs> you know, it is just so, so good and so important. And if you haven't listened to that episode, please go listen to that episode. It's just so good. And I said it then, but my heart magnet has never failed me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Any, any decision big or small has always been the right one. If I listened to my heart magnet. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. And the, I think the reason why I feel like the heart magnet work should be done first is in determining your values, you, Lynn had said, you look at what's important to you in your life and that helps you determine your values. And so, you know, just for instance, someone may think, well, it's very important for me to do community service work. And yet maybe if they are in touch with their heart magnet, then they can go, okay, I like community service work or the idea of it. But what kind of community service work do I actually want to do? Because Mm -hmm. if you're doing work with toxic people in Mm -hmm. a toxic setting, then you're defeating the purpose of Mm -hmm. being a healthier you. So that's why I think that heart magnet work is so good, because then you can say, okay, yes, I do like community service work. This is again for just for instance, it can help you determine the right work that you want to do for it. And family is important to me, but there are certain family members that are not healthy to be around. And yes, it is important to have them in your lives in some way, shape or form. But because you're in touch with what feels good or doesn't feel good for yourself, you know, okay, I've got to be around this person, but I need to make sure that I limit myself. I need to have an exit strategy to leave when I need to leave when this person is not being a healthy person to be around.
1: hmm yeah, and the heart magnet helps us see that, and then we can pregame. You know, we can oh, pregame bad. with the family gathering or the the office party or, or whatever the situation is. We can prepare ourselves for that. You know, it's interesting you bring up the community service thing because you know one of my I would say off the top of my head values would be helping others, but. My church, for instance, has this program where they feed the homeless under a bridge, mm-hmm. and that doesn't tug at my heart magnet. But going to box up food at the food bank, I'm mm-hmm. all over that. Mm-hmm. You know, right? And so I can still help my community. But one thing tugs at my heart, and the other is repellent. And I. Mm-hmm. it's important to figure that out because as a two on the Enneagram, which we'll get to later, so much of what I'm running from is this feeling of shame. And I would feel two years ago, I would have felt a lot of shame in saying no to the Church Under the Bridge project. Mm-hmm. And I would have gone and felt whatever feelings, very uncomfortable or whatever. But I would have gone out of, duty or obligation
0: Mm.
1: versus volunteering at the food bank would just show me the calendar and I'll sign up for days. And Mm -hmm. I enjoy that. And I know I'm helping the community and it's just something for me. So that just kind of came to me right now about community service. You don't have to throw the whole category out the window. It's like, okay, what I love that you asked. So what about community service do you value? Do you love? Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are you attracted to in that realm? And some people view community service as making a charitable contribution, and that's just as valuable. Mm -hmm. So I think it's helpful to be able to identify the heart magnet and then go into the values. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I agree with everything that you said. The heart magnet lets you drill down deeper Mm -hmm. into the values, which brings us to step three. After Learning and strengthening your heart magnet, it is so important to do values work on yourself. Last week's episode, we had Lynn Mikey on and she discussed values in depth and walked us through an exercise and how to determine and strengthen our values. This was a wonderfully illuminating episode, and it is never too late to do this work. And, you know, again, talking about the heart magnet and it allowing us to drill down deeper. Having that, you can, as you were just saying, Lisa, if you want to do community service, but yet you don't like certain aspects of a program that your church or other organization you're a part of is doing, you can, once you've figured out that is my value, but what about community service is intriguing to me, then I think you can weigh different options by mm-hmm. saying this feels good. This doesn't feel good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, I think, that illustration in the Bible of the church, you know, of the we're all the hands and feet in the community. And so some people need to serve under a bridge and some work with children and some work with elderly. And it just takes everyone. And I think if we're going to live our best, most fulfilled lives, we have to first listen to our heart magnet and then identify our values and live our lives based on those and realize also it is okay if community service is not one of my values. You know, it's okay, which I think is a propensity for those of us in the heart triad to try to cure all the world's problems and help every Mm -hmm. single person. We don't have to do that. We can really narrow down. Yep, I agree. Not spread ourselves so thin. Exactly.
0: So the fourth step is also very vitally important, learning your personality type. Lisa and I like the simplicity of the Enneagram. It's nine distinct personality types and it helps a person learn what their core motivations are. Lisa is very well versed in the Enneagram. She has studied it much more extensively than I have. So she is going to explain the importance of this tool for our audience. She's just going to give us a nice recap.
1: Yeah. So the Enneagram test is a test that you can take to help identify your strongest personality type as well as your second place. And what I love about it is it's only nine, ty- nine numbers. And so it's simple in that way. But the Enneagram really helps us get to know ourselves better. It explains our core motivations. So what motivates us to do the things that we do and make the decisions that we make? It helps us identify our needs, why certain things trigger us. It helps us better identify our stress points. And once we know those stress points, we can stop ourselves before acting out disproportionately to different situations or different types of people. It helps us identify our reactive behaviors and stress and also provides us with choices during times of stress. The Enneagram also allows us to show grace for ourselves and for others. The Enneagram is a really neat way to get to know ourselves and to know other people and also how we interact with those people. And the Enneagram provides, I think, any person who studies it a little kind of safe cocoon and you get to know who can be in your tribe and who you should just watch from afar I think once you figure out, you know, we were to assign animals to the different parts. Oh, this this type is a little bunny and this type is a porcupine. Well, you know, don't go too close to the porcupine, you know, (laughs) talk on the phone or (laughs) or whatever, but don't try to hug them. So it's just a really, really great tool for helping understand ourselves and others better and how we can best interact with everyone and keep our peace. Yeah.
0: The word that came to mind for me about it is it's a decoder, mm. you know, it's a decoder for not just ourselves, but, you know, as you said, the interactions that we have with certain people mm-hmm. and you come across someone say like a coworker and they're, they're just so intelligent seeming independent, not a big team player per se. And yet the rest of the group seems to be much more groupthink and group oriented. If you don't know the Enneagram, you could maybe become aggravated with this person. But once you learn the Enneagram, maybe possibly they're a type five, who is someone that's just a very deep thinker and much more independent with how they go through life. And it can, I like, you know, they use the word grace it can give you the opportunity to show grace to that person, because that person for whatever happened in their lives or didn't happen in their lives, they are a type five. And you can learn to approach that person with that knowledge in a different way, because you're coming from, you're coming from a place of understanding that Mm -hmm. everybody's personalities are different. And, you know, especially if you can figure out basically someone's, Enneagram type, you can, yeah, just have a decoder tool at approaching pretty much everybody in your life. Mm -hmm. It has definitely helped me de-stress when I can kind of pinpoint. And I, again, we're not supposed to necessarily type people, but I think for my own mental health, I can't help myself, but do that. And it does allow me to show grace much more than previously when I did not have this information, Mm -hmm. this tool, this decoder
1: Yeah, it is a decoder ring for sure. Yeah. 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 And, you know, once you take the test and you know your type and you start reading about your type, it really is so freeing to feel kind of seen, you know, Mm, mm -hmm. and also to, I think it enables a very strong sense of self acceptance of this is who I am to the core. And, As an Enneagram too, I need to love people and take care of them. But the Enneagram has taught me that there are people in the world who don't want to be taken care of. (laughs) They they are very independent and they can make their own decisions and they can drive their own directions and they can write their own paragraphs. And I don't need to be the helper in all of that and that I need to butt out. So in that way, the Enneagram has been very helpful for me to not avoid people, but to find the people who also want to be loved. Mm. And those are my people. Right. And then the people, not, I think everyone wants to be loved, but it looks different. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just taught me how to communicate and interact with every type on the Enneagram so that hopefully both parties are fulfilled at the end of the day. You know, mm-hmm. that if I go into a situation with a person, maybe from the head triad, who's a deep thinker, then I know ahead of time that I can't pepper them with a bunch of questions. But when they're ready, they divulge all kinds of information. But you, on the other hand, I can ask a ton of questions and I, I don't really need to ask questions. <laughs> you know, you're just very forthcoming because that's that's you on the Enneagram too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just that level of understanding of people has just been so very helpful to actually get myself out of my head and stop thinking, how can I make them love me? Because that's that's you know, one of the weaknesses of the type two. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is great for personal understanding, you know, as you mentioned. And then just kind of tagging on to what you were just talking about. There's that phrase, meet people where they're at. Mm -hmm. This is the perfect way to do that. Yeah, And I don't know if I've said it, if I said it during the Enneagram episode, but I wish I had learned this when my kids were younger. I would not have tried to put both square pegs and round holes kind of thing. Like they, both my children need to be acting this certain way or responding a certain way. You know, my son is going to respond totally differently than my daughter. And they're two completely different Enneagram types. And yeah, I, I really wish I had known that then. And I want people to learn this so that they can start having this insight and meet people where they're at. That doesn't mean excusing behavior that is not appropriate or abusive, that sort of thing. But at least it can help you not be scratching your head all the time. Like, what's wrong with this person? It it can just give you, like we said, it's it decodes other people for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I hope everybody enjoyed our little recap of our consolidation of episodes put into steps that that hopefully makes it understandable and workable for yourself. And if you missed an episode that we mentioned, go back and listen to it.
1: Yes. If you're not currently in an abusive or toxic relationship, then that's wonderful. and we're really happy about that but maybe you do know someone who is but if you're not in a relationship of that sort of right now then start with step 2 which is just do you know what attracts you and what repels you do you know that and could you articulate that and write it down and then once you do that then move on to step 3 which is your core values and then learn more about your personality type so If you're not, we hope you're not in an abusive or toxic relationship now. So if you're not, these steps are for everyone, not just those caught in bad relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So we hope that today's episode solidifies for our wonderful audience the importance of building a foundation by getting in touch with the inner you. We have so enjoyed sharing what we have learned with you, and we look forward to not only sharing more research and insights we come across but also to hearing from you. If you have insights or questions or red flag stories to share, please email us at heresyourredflag at gmail.com. Well, as we mentioned before, this was a spontaneous episode that just came to us and we are working with one of our audience members. She has come out of an abusive marriage with her children and we look forward to having three episodes with her, possibly more she is so excited to share her information with the audience. And then we are also working with another woman who would like to share her story. So that is all upcoming in this season. We do appreciate our audience's understanding that we have gone to every two weeks, we have found that we have needed a little more time in our work-life balance. And I think that we'll put out better episodes by having that extra time. So we appreciate everyone's understanding on that. Yes. So stay tuned for more great episodes, more great learning, and more great education. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we want to thank you all for joining us today on Here's Here's Your your Red Flag. Flag. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all. Here's Your Red Flag was written, directed, and recorded by Tony and Lisa and edited by Tony. Our theme song is Butterfly Woke by Jairus. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star rating. Thanks, y'all.